it's that's not out. a that's out Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I I'm not gonna be shooting on those days. So we may shoot Thanksgiving, but that's more uh, for the family enjoyment. We have family come yeah. down from Pennsylvania, and they like they like shooting guns. So I awesome. will not be shooting um, competition stuff, which is which is really hard for me to do now. It ruined me for all fun range trips. <laughs> Ever since 2019, it's hard for me to go to the to the range and just plink around. It's it's like almost impossible. <laughs> when do you think with with nationals being so early, when are you gonna pick up your training and your shooting season in earnest in order to be best prepared for national? Well, I I would like to shoot one or maybe two major matches before nationals. I don't know if I'll be able to shoot two, but I want to shoot. I would I would like to shoot Area Six again. That's in May, the beginning of May, I believe, and and maybe maybe a match before that. I think South Carolina is in March or April. I may shoot that one, um, but I, I don't know how much. I could be wrong. I don't I don't know how much shooting a major uh, prepares me for nationals uh, versus just training, you know. But I think it's good mentally to test to test myself. Yeah. Yeah, I th I think it's more of a mental endurance test than it is anything else. You know, maintaining focus for 10 or 12 stages whatever it is. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, you have area 6 which is May 11th. Okay. Area 7's too late, 1 is too late, 5 is too late. May 20th is the inline or inland empire sectional. Uh never mind, that's in Washington. I don't see you going there. You can disregard that comment altogether. <laughs> the Western PA sectional match is too late. May Yeah, 4th. it's pretty it's June is pretty early. Oh, dude, get this. The same range that's holding nationals is holding the Ohio State Buckeye Blast on May 4th. Okay. Interesting. So I know that interferes with it looks like it interferes with uh area six. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a week early. So you could literally do the Ohio State Buckeye Blast and then Area 6, and you'd actually have two majors, and you would have been to the range, so you'd be familiar with everything Yeah. before Nationals. Yeah. Hmm. I probably will not be shooting both of those matches, but <laughs> Family maybe stuff. one of them. <laughs> I'm trying to see what else might be. The South Carolina sectional is March 23rd. Yes. That's what's in March. I think I I think uh, that one's a possibility. Okay. And that gives you enough time between the two that, you know, you're not gone for an extended period of time right. from the family. Exactly. Yeah, it looks like those are really your only options. It looks like there's like four majors and that's about it. I know. Yeah, it's yeah, there's not much. Being that we're having to foot all of this out of pocket ourselves and we're not sponsored shooters. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're not flying across the country to go shoot a, a one-day major. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So what does your what is your training at home look like when you're that last month? I'm going to say the last six to eight weeks before nationals, because the last two or three weeks, you're no longer trying to necessarily you might be trying to learn a little something here or there. But at this yeah. point, you're just trying to get yourself rock solid and be consistent for nationals. So that other sure. month month to six weeks before that what does that training look like for joel it looks like for me a little bit more live fire dry fire i it's not going to change too much i this is just joel fisher so it could be wrong but if it, <laughs> it, for me my dry fire is is constantly looking to like what am i working on what am i improving and then also what am what are my like me trying to be consistent at something right um, and so I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to be trying to push part times down or anything, which honestly, I, I haven't even done much of, uh, this last year, but more live fire as I lead up closer to a match, I, I think ideally, right. Cause you want to be comfortable with your gun, comfortable with the recoil shot calling. Yeah. Those things. So I think leading up to a match, more, more live fire, uh, dry fire. The only thing that I that would say probably changes in dry fire is is pushing is it's i'm i'm no longer 
maybe pushing like I would have been. Whereas I'm trying to concrete the things that I know at my current skill in into me so that I can shoot the way that I know I can shoot, right? So I'm not trying to, to push things um, more so at the last month, probably, or yeah, I would say month. That's right. That seems to be what everybody talks about. You know, that last two to three weeks or four weeks is all about just being perfectly consistent for your game, ready to go, hit the ground running. Right. In, a, in an ideal world, that's how it would be. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yes. an ideal world. So how many, how many nationals have you shot so far? Well, that was my second one, uh, this last this last one. So I shot in 2020 and I got, or 2021, I got DQ'd. And this last oh, one okay. was technically my first one that I fully completed. So I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, so what do you think of CMP? I love the range. I don't think there's enough stages. Yeah, I don't. So you yeah, know, that's about it. <laughs> I have a background of doing very in-depth map studies and I have looked at that range and I've looked at it and I firmly believe that if they had the money, they could build another five bays around the backside. Yeah. So you could have zone A, B, C, D, make it a big oh, circle. Yeah. And be just, it would be absolutely perfect. Yeah. It, the only thing I still would not like is the fact that there is nothing in the town of Talladega that is open <laughs> after like six o'clock in the evening. It is ridiculous. Yeah, for me that doesn't that doesn't bother me too much, but I can see how that would be a a thing for sure. Well, like Matt Hopkins and I were going to go get a bite to eat together and chat after the membership meeting on Saturday night. And when by the time he got out, literally everything from Talladega to where he was staying in his Airbnb was completely shut down. Oh yeah. There was nothing. Talladega is pretty small. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Even like what you would expect to be open late. It's a Saturday night. A Saturday right. night. It's closing at 7 o'clock in the evening. It's like, come on, you got to be <laughs> kidding me. The rest yeah. of the world doesn't go to sleep for another six hours. You can stay open for another hour. It's not going to hurt I you. I guess Talladega does, apparently. That was frustrating. I, and I do feel you have to take logistics into it. I stayed in Oxford the last time. Yeah. Last year, I stayed in Oxford. And it has everything and, you know, everything's open later and all of sure. that. So, so bad uh, life choice on my part this year. <laughs> yeah, Oxford was great. Yeah, Oxford's good. I like, I, and I was asking that question because I didn't know if maybe you had shot down at Frostproof. So I was going to ask no, you. No, know, I haven't. I've never shot down there. They, yep, 2020, I didn't shoot nationals 2020. 2021 was my first one. So I think maybe. if they had, yeah, like you said, five more bays. I would like about 24 to 25 stages at nationals, I think would be about perfect. That's what I said. I and, think and not having, right you wouldn't number. have to have as many bays doubled up with speed shoots to make a, to make the correct number of stages. You know, you could. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Sure. It could be good. If you haven't shot the Florida open, you should take, obviously you got to talk it over to your wife, but maybe you guys can make like a little family. Yeah. I want to shoot. Gathering. That I shot it in 2020 with Dave Wampler. He was on the squad. Okay. His, his, open guns were he had sent them back to just do have normal like pm done to him uh -huh. so he was shooting carry optics and i was shooting yeah carry but that was when man i i learned traveling to a couple of different matches here and there uh i learned at that match that you better have a magazine brush or at least a rag and you better have all your tools needed to take your mags apart because oh wow yeah sand is horrific oh i'm sure that, it is that sand was destroying my magazine during lunch i finally broke all my tools out and took my magazines apart and i'm running um, <laughs> rags through them because i was getting malfunction after malfunction oh that's miserable yeah the spring and the sand yeah it was ridiculous but i loved the match the match was great it was fun that was a, a good deal so what did you think of carry optics nationals as a whole what was the question? What did you think of Carry Optics Nationals as a whole? I I thought the field of competitors was terrific and that's what that's what I want to shoot against every year. So um if everyone would move to a different division, then I would probably move. But right now Carry Optics is is where it's at and I'm glad because I like Carry Optics. So as far as that goes, yeah, I was that was probably a, a big aspect of it. The people I shot with the squad was amazing and that always makes the experience 
um, really, really good. And the guys I stayed with. All right. Overall, so, good, good experience. So since you said that, I'm going to bring it up. Um, as from what I understand, you were the chauffeur for your group. I was. <laughs> <laughs> you picked them up at Atlanta at the airport and drove them down to Talladega. Okay. Yes. So how was it hanging out with four other dudes in an Airbnb? Oh, it was, it was the best. And I, and I think fun. it was the best because I was with terrific guys like Jay Beal, Saul Allen, Andrew Miller, and uh, all, all awesome guys. So, you know, you can't lose. Now, it's did, a win-win. were all of you on the same squad? Yes, we were. Oh, that makes it perfect. Oh, it was great. I recorded your Instagram video that you put on. I'm going to play it now. So I do have to correct. Yes. Okay. You put you put on Instagram you were 37th. When I checked practice score tonight, it said you were 36th. Oh, hey. I think so, you're right. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I don't I'm not <laughs> sure what happened, but I remember seeing that. I remember seeing 36th and I thought I was 37th. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe someone dropped out or I don't I'm not sure. But yeah. I mean, there were what 100 and, 100 and, <laughs> 157 M's and GMs, and you were 36. Yes, that's pretty darn good. I I'm I, I'm happy, yeah, for sure. And saying the level of competition was pretty good was uh, a significant understatement on your part. That's very true. It was very very stacked. And I say that because I was like, oh, this has got to be, you know, since they opened up all the divisions, this has got to be the most stacked nationals ever and nils and i were chatting privately and i made that comment and he goes well it, i put it equal to my 2014 limited which was also a standalone match so every limited shooter and other people were there to compete mm, yes. So all the big names were there and he won that one so he puts this one in that win. one yeah that's a big win yeah and he was much younger then he was like 24 something oh, wow, like yeah. that yeah. yeah, so to go up against all those big names at 24 and win that match is Yeah, Nils is so good. He is. Ridiculous. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is your – now this is stage 13, I I mean, night, um, yeah, 13. Duh. Yeah, 13. I believe you're right, yeah. There we go, 13. You only had four Charlies. Now, you did what everybody did. You come to the back as you're loading, shoot on the right, shoot on the left. This episode is brought to you by Laser App. L-A-S-R app. They specialize in laser dry fire training, super convenient, and not to mention super cheap. You can use anything for a dry fire target and any device with a camera for capturing the laser hits. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. And it's veteran-owned, Simplify, Ben. You can utilize multiple targets and multiple cameras. It can be as complex or as simple as your heart desires. They even sell steel challenge banners. They sell cert guns and the cert AR bolt so you can practice indoors with your AR for free. There's a newsletter and a forum you can join. When you sign up for the newsletter, they'll send you a free six-part video series. Check out their website. It's a smorgasbord of items to make you better faster. Use the affiliate link on our website or at the bottom of our podcast notes and on YouTube for 15% discount. Also, use our coupon code in the store for 10% off of other items not necessarily covered by our affiliate link. Thanks for your support, everyone. Without your support, this podcast would be difficult to maintain. Now, how long did it take you to come up with the stage plan? That's a good question. I, I saw basically two options for me, and that was the run it the way I ran it there. Or I think my original, like another original way I looked at it was to go to the right and run the similar plan to the right. Um, I just went left because I liked how it felt better. But it, I think maybe watching a couple other people do that plan, like in dry fire. And I don't know, I'm not sure how long, but I just made the plan and it looked like a good plan. And I, I just decided on it. Well, I, I ran the same plan you did, okay. but initially... Initially, my plan was to come over to the left side and shoot this target on the far left first. Yeah. Then that would put me in a position to be able to shoot uh, a couple of these over here. So I'll go ahead and let it run. Now, take the squatting out of it because initially I wasn't going to do that. I was okay. going to come to the middle, shoot the three, yeah. 
reload, run across, do the other. Right. You know who did that on the super squad? Who did my plan? Well, who did the one I just talked about? Actually, go to the uh, middle and shoot. Oh, the three. I don't know. Uh -uh. Max Michelle. Oh, really? Okay. So I was like, okay. So I wouldn't have been wrong had I done it that way. <laughs> no, for sure not. No way. <laughs> but I ran it the way you did. So I squatted. And I, I actually, you know, I saw a couple people doing it. And I'm like, let me take a look at this. Because I didn't consider squatting down and shooting some of those targets from there. And then yeah, I, think, I think the only difference was I, I changed where I was going to do my reload a little bit later on. And I decided I decided to do my reload uh, as I was going to the right there towards the end instead of more towards the middle because I just I just liked continuing to shoot those targets on the left and then move to the right without reloading and shoot right away. So it's just it's just the way that I, I liked it, I guess. And so that's the way I did it. <laughs> okay, yeah, because the only real... Well, there's a couple of differences between what you did and, and I'm not talking about the scoring and the hit factor, so let's not go there. But as the stage was shot, I think the only one of the differences was I did reload about where the barrel was. Yes. And it came across and immediately started shooting before yes. I slowed down. So yeah, I know right what you're talking about. Yeah. But that, I, I mean, other than that, here's another very hard question for you. Sometime between one and two years ago, I'm guessing roughly you switched to the American flag sock. <laughs> yeah. What spurred that? Because I, I liked, well, initially when I, when I, when I started wearing these high socks, people would make comments like, like just funny comments about it. And so it, it helps me not to take myself too seriously, right. Wearing like big, tall American flag socks. But now it's like become a thing. So like everyone's like, if I don't wear them, everyone's like, where's your socks at? <laughs> um, but I just, yeah. Sometimes it's easy for me to take myself um, way too seriously while shooting a match because I'm just like try to be all focused and and like all into the game, which is nothing wrong with that. But I um, sometimes I just need to relax a little bit more. And still be focused, but not be so like concerned, <laughs> if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wear American flag socks. It's not yeah. surprising. I mean, I wear an American flag shirt. <laughs> yes. I have an American flag cup. I mean, everything I have is American flag. I got a, a big Betsy Ross flag right there behind me. So, <laughs> but I like it. So I wanted to point that out. So now, what stage was your favorite at national? My personal favorite, or yes, some of the better stages that I thought were good. Your stages? personal favorite. That's a that's a hard question. I, I would say I had three or four that I really liked. That was stage 14, which was the visual start stage, um, just with the wow. options and how they set up targets. And the visual start was kind of cool, right? It's a little different. I had never shot something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Stage 19, I thought the strategy there, the way they set up the stage was good. And then stage uh, 11, I want to say, I liked that stage a lot. And there was one more. Oh, the um, the double swinger stage, or maybe that was stage eleven. There was two. There was two. Like I can't remember the stage number um, exactly, but or what stage stage eleven was. But it was um, like one had the little dropout on the right. Uh, you had to activate the target in the middle of the stage with the steel, and the target was on the right side and it just drops out like it hangs over. That, and it's not a moving that was eleven. That was eleven. Yeah, that was eleven. So it was that stage and then the the double swinger stage, which was around there. I can't remember exactly what number. Maybe like ten or seven or eight or something. Something around there. Okay. There was a double swinger stage. Um, those stages that were probably my favorite. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So this is nineteen. So you've got your start pitching position here. Yes. Run to the right and then come back. Now, when you shot this, did you where did you shoot the back of the stage from? I I ran up and shot it. Okay, and, you did. and so I have I have kind of a funny story about that stage. <laughs> okay, so I'm all ears. Well, well, I did. I I I guess I like I shot it okay, but I didn't. I wasn't super happy with how I shot it, but it was okay. Like it didn't. It wasn't horrible. But anyway, I was my plan was to shoot it from the back, and oh, okay. I went I went to the right. I started shooting the steel. And I just, the gun recoiling, like it, it didn't feel right. I had a couple makeups on steel on the right side on that lean there, that, that last little mm -hmm. mini popper on the left. And I go to the target on the left and then I go under the tunnel and okay. I'm shooting and my gun's going off. Like, but I'm, I'm totally unaware of what's happening. Like my, I'm just watching my gun going off and I'm starting thinking to myself, I, I'm going to run up. I'm not going to stay back here. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I'm thinking in my head, like, 
I shouldn't be thinking of this while I'm shooting. This is weird. <laughs> and this is all happening like in a in a couple seconds. Like my my right. I'm thinking really fast, but but I'm like totally unaware of what's act like I'm watching the gun and it's just going like this. And I'm like I, I, it was a really weird experience that has never happened before, but I changed my plan midway through the stage. And I even thought like, I probably shouldn't do this, but it felt fine. Like it just all just happened. And I did an extra reload and I just ran up front and I shot everything. <laughs> okay. kind of weird. <laughs> but it worked funny. out. Yeah. You were, you were having a, a, a conversation in your head as you're shooting. I was. And it was strange. Uh... Yeah, that is very strange. It's almost like you would be an existential experience, you know, a, it, an out-of-body experience. It was, yeah. I, I was actually, so I, I told uh, Saul and Jay this, and they were like, that's actually awesome, like, that you're able to think that way while you're shooting. Because I I wasn't thinking about, like, in the tunnel, I was totally unaware of what was happening. Like, I don't even remember shooting anything inside the tunnel. Like, wow. I was just watching the gun go off. And then I was like, I'm going to go up. And so I did. I, I wonder what Steve Anderson would say about that from a mental management aspect. Yeah. And, you know, I, honestly, it was funny that I thought, wait, this probably isn't a good idea. But it wasn't distracting me from my shooting. Like, I was not, I was not shooting out of the subconscious at that moment. Like, I was, my shooting was You're, totally subconscious. Right. And I was just... Like my brain was just doing its own thing. And I, that was weird for me. <laughs> you, you had devil on one shoulder, angel on the other and the devil one. <laughs> I'm not sure which one told me to go forward. <laughs> oh, that's funny. There's the visual start right there. And we were, we were starting back yes. here. Now, did you find that you had any delay with the visual start? I, I didn't, I, I didn't know how it was going to go because I'd never shot anything like that. And so it's kind of weird not to hear an audible command or an audible beep, right? Yeah. And looking looking at my video, I it didn't seem like there was a delay, but but in my head, I think maybe it seemed like there was. Because I but I was just I, I was just watching the light. Yeah. I, I was I was staring at the light and then I hear him stand oh, yeah. by. And then I, I literally just out of muscle memory, I'm waiting for the beep. The light had come on and I'm waiting for a beep. And then I'm like, oh, oh, oh. that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I had that. I still had that. I was waiting for that auditory tone. And I'm like, and the light's on. I'm like, oh, go. And then, oh, and then it was all chaos. That's that. funny. It was like a Chinese fire drill. Yeah, right, so let's, that's funny. Let's, yeah, it was. It was kind of cool to shoot something like that that I had never shot before. So let's talk about it real quick because this was one of those stages where there's really one of two ways people were going to run it. Either around to the right and all the way around, or they were going to yes. run left and then back to the right. Yes. What did you do? Yes. I went to the right and went all the way around. I think most people did that, but I think after seeing the results and what people did running left and then right, I would definitely do it the other way now. Yeah, I I do think probably running left first and then shooting back to the right was maybe a little bit faster uh, as long as everything went according to your plan, right? Um, right, yeah. But I, 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 I did something a little different this match than I maybe in the future would do or maybe in the past that I have done. And whether I wanted to think about it or not, Last year's nationals was putting a lot of pressure on me. Um, and a lot of, I was, I was going the extra mile in my stage planning, do things that were like to maximize, like this is going to be the safest option. Like I'm reloading, going to the right here, or I am, I'm doing this because I just feel better about it. Even though I knew maybe it wasn't as good, but in the end, I don't know how much, like, is it really a wash? It might, it might be maybe a little bit, but um, I just did what I I felt most comfortable doing. And I didn't try to um, push at a spot that would have caused an uncomfortable uh, position of my gun or my body being in a direction that it shouldn't be. Oh. And so I just, yeah, I did it what I felt was most comfortable. And, and I don't was... know, yeah, running around the front, to the left like that that's just that just felt good to me i don't know why but it just it did so i did it me me too it felt the most efficient and i do have i'm not going to call it a mental block but i do not like 
it's it's no different than driving somewhere. I don't like backtracking. So Definitely. I don't I don't like running to the left and then running back across the same property I just ran across. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's more efficient going the other way. But after watching the Super Squad, I was like, nope, because all the guys on the Super Squad I watched, only two people went to the left. Max did it, and then JJ did it. Interesting. Everybody else went right. Nils was the only one initially to have a time under 18 seconds. He was 1794. Mm. Max went after him, went to the left, came back to the right, and he was 1799. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow, very interesting. So then JJ ran it, and he ran to the left, and then he ran all the way back to the right, and he did it in 1721. And I'm like, mm. Okay. I mean, I know those guys are quick and they're fast and everything. Right. Um, so, but for JJ to do it in 1721, I'm like, I do believe. And then I saw uh, Justine Williams go to the left and she had a fast time. Mm. And I'm like, okay, it is definitely going left on this stage would have been the fastest way. This episode is brought to you by Gun Butter. Gun Butter is a premier lubricant for your rifle or pistol. They have grease for parts that need it, like lugs on a bolt gun. Man, do I love a bolt gun. It's a proprietary blend that they won't even trademark so as not to have to give away their trade secrets. Check out the video I put up on YouTube. Uh, look for another one coming soon. I even ran into Rick Powers, an RO at Carry Optics Nationals. He switched to it after listening to our podcast with Mason Litchfield. He loves it. Rob Epifania uses and loves it. Frank Shu uses it and loves it. Use Casual Shooter 20 and save 20% on checkout. Yeah, so, you're probably right. Yeah. And I kind I kind of feel like for me, I was a little discombobulated going into the steel after that delay and realizing, oh crap, I'm behind. Yeah. Because I caught myself trying to come off the steel before. The shot had gone, so I had a bunch of makeup on the steel back mm. there. So I think it would have done better to kind of calm me going to the left and just hitting paper yeah. targets, <laughs> and then I would have been settled in and been much better off with the steel. Yeah, it's it's stage plans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really is. Oh, that nope, that's the one Nils almost fell on, so it was not. Oh, right. Yeah, going so to the must, left there. Yeah, it yeah. must have been 10. Yeah, because he came back, he shot these two, yes. shot this one, and it was when he was going from here to here, right. he stumbled like right where that person is standing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no. What would you think of that stage? That was another good one. I like that stage. Yeah, yeah, I called that the letter E. This stage is brought to you by the letter E. <laughs> <laughs> That's 12 right there. Yes. Because you got 12. the bot. Yeah, you got the bobber back there. Yes. I got lucky on that stage because I had a guy early paste it and I had a mic back there. So I got to oh. reshoot the stage. <laughs> there were a lot of fun stages. Oh, here's a good one for you. What did you do here? Uh, not my plan. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> we have something in common. <laughs> no, I. well, my plan was to go uh, steal left to right and targets left to right. Okay. And I knew that was, I knew that that was well within my skill level and okay. i just had to um hit the steel at a consistent comfortable pace and i i dragged my shots to the right of the third and fourth steel so mm. I, I had made like i missed the steel but i went straight to the uh whatever targets on the left i went left and then the bobber in the middle and then i had to hit the steel again so it was all it was all messed up <laughs> all right so you were going to hit steel, 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 steel. Go back and hit the swinger. Yes, swinger. Going to swing like this. Yes. Then the clamshell. Yes. And then this one was a bobber, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, maybe it was clamshell bobber and then swinger on the right to finish yeah, off. Yeah, and then yeah. the swinger came in like that. Correct. Now yeah. here, here's my thing, dude. I had every stage plan nailed down, like. When I woke up in the morning, I could run through all of my stage plans and I was good to go. Oh, wow. But I, I didn't execute half of them the way I was supposed to. I had the worst mental game of my life at mm. Nationals. 
but I, I was able to figure it out. And half of my time was spent talking to people about the podcast and trying to get people on and all of that. Yeah. So my focus wasn't all about shooting. It was all about meeting people, watching the super squads and all of that. But because of where my skill level is, I was like, you know what? The safer plan for me would be right to left on the steel and then left to right on the paper. Yeah. So shoot the steel coming over. This was really slow. So I was like, and the swinger was faster. So I was like, I could easily get my, my one shot on the paper. And then I may have to wait for this, but it won't be long. And I'll have a wide open shot so I can call a dead center alpha. The bobber will be easy. And then the swinger over here will be easy. What do I do? Left to right. And then, but I miss a steal over here. And then I have to go back, shoot, 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 hit the steal and then activate the swinger and yeah, yeah if, if you if you start missing on the steel, then it totally messes everything up, and that's what I it, did. It does. <laughs> yeah, it really does. There oh yeah, go. there. Oh sure enough. Yep. Yeah, yeah I like that state. A little more. It had that the was, sorry, yeah the steel out front on the left. Um, I, I think. Oh, there was steel back here, and I don't. Oh yeah, there was steel back here behind this wall. Yes, that's Be, yeah. That's because you had to shoot it from back here. Right. Yeah, I like that stage. That was a good stage. All right. So what was your plan? You had to start here at these sticks. What did you do? Yeah, I just went left around the circle all the way back to the right. Like I ended. Yep. I just did a counterclockwise circle. Okay. So you shot these. Go ahead. We had, um, that's the one with the, with the, yeah, that's the one with that target that drops out on the right and you activate it in the middle, right? It's right here. Right. So that steel, the activator. Yeah, I can see it. So the activator is in the middle of the stage. Yeah, you can and see a speck of white. You can kind of see it from the back uh, to the right of the start position. You can see like the the top little bit of the mini popper, right? Yeah, hold on. Let me and, let me preface that because for if you're watching it on video or just audio, there is hardcover steel right here yes. in front. So you could, not, if you weren't up close, you could not see the whole popper. Right. You could, yeah, from back there, there was hardcover steel covering most of the popper and you had just the very tip of it. And, um, uh, saw Alan on our squad. He was like, he was like, I think I'm, I'm just going to go for it in the back. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> go for it. And I was like, you need to do it. And I'm like, if you just get the hit, uh, get the hit on the steel and then you can just go right to left and everything around. And we were all cheering for him and he did it. He nailed it first shot. And he went wow. around to the right then. So it was okay. one of those things where we were all cheering for him and stuff. So because it, it was it was a hard shot. It was, it was yeah, a it was good shot. Yeah, for sure. It was much more difficult from back there than up front. It was pretty simple. Yeah, exactly. So for those people listening audio, we start here, engage those two paper on the left. Then I yes. take it you ran up and probably engaged these two open on the left as you were moving. Yes, I went. I went. Yeah, the paper to the left, and I ran up, took those paper on the left. And then I kind of did a step in so I could see the paper that's hidden behind the wall. And then I shot the steel and then I did a reload and ran back into the port. That's exactly. Yeah. I reloaded right here too, coming around to the port. So then you hit this paper and then the steel and then the paper. Yes. Everything through the port right to left. And then I, I, I was kind of thinking about running back and shooting everything from back um, here. Yeah, but then I just I ended up deciding to shoot right after I leave the port, just transitioning over. There's an open target, and then you get the little drop out if you take a few steps back further from that. And mm-hmm. I just did it and kind of moved back gradually, and then I hit, and then I just ran back to the last position and hit those last two targets there on the right. Because yeah, I went from the port. I just ran straight back, engaged, yeah, and I, then from yeah. right to left. I think that was that might be a, a little bit possibly a little faster of a plan. If the USPSA called up Joel Fisher today and said, Joel, where should we hold nationals in 2024? What would you tell them? Man, that's a good question. Uh, I would say that I don't, that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would, I would see if I was, it would be easy if I was in charge of a club because or like a, like CMP or something, because then I would, I would build ranges and I would hold it there. Right. But um i've heard you know it's going to be it's going to be at the cardinal center in ohio this 
this year, but I've heard they've got to build, they're working on bays. That's yet. what I heard and too. So that's, that's kind of interesting. That makes me nervous. Yeah. That makes me nervous a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, I know that natural, like they have, they have the, the, the bays and stuff out in Utah, but I haven't been out there. I would say there's much more experienced people that could answer that question better than me uh, because I haven't shot very many places. So, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good answer then. I had, uh, I forget who it was I was having the conversation with, but I said, you know, you, you shoot all of the major matches. The last one isn't until November. Every year, area one, area two? Area two, is, yeah. Yeah, is in November because Arizona is just ridiculously hot. So, I mean, hence, what is it? The Arizona State Sun Devils? Yeah, that, that's appropriate. What if you have SHOT Show in January and you have ranges in Vegas, I understand, that could handle national? Logistically wise, there's no better... There's no city that would be better able to host logistically a nationals. I was like, what if you had a three or a four day standalone carry optics nationals the week leading into shot show? Because all those guys who shot there this year are typically at shot show as sponsored shooters. Yeah. So it would bleed right into it. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would, it would definitely be a lot probably a lot of uh, a lot of figuring out how people are away that long and just the logistics of it but yeah you're right it definitely have the facility for it um i was really hoping i was planning on shooting production nationals at palisades colorado at cameo um mm. this last year until it got canceled but it sounds like it's an awesome range to shoot at but for unfortunately sure it now it's in Colorado and that doesn't sound like that's going to be a possibility. No. Yeah. And I don't think IDPA is holding any major matches there anymore either. Yeah. As from what I was reading, the only reason they didn't cancel nationals there this year is they just didn't have, they were under a time crunch and couldn't find a place big enough, fast enough to be able to reschedule yeah. everything. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, I, ideally it's you, know, you, want a, you want an airport and you want a range that can yeah. host a lot of people. And yeah. have the facilities to do it and the bays to do it. And that's kind of a location where everyone can come to. And so, yeah, I have my idea of what it would look like. But I, you know, like I said, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm the same way. I really couldn't. I could say, hey, what about this place or that place? But I don't know enough about the facilities around the country to know where places sure. are that we could even do it. So, yeah. Like you, I'm just too new in the game and, and I don't travel much to shoot. So so what are your long-term shooting goals and is Ipsic in your future? I I love the style of Ipsic shooting. I love what they what they do. And I would like to shoot Ipsic. Um, but I I'm also a a realist <laughs> to a fault. And I I know that even um even like my goals in in USPSA like my my level of involvement is is not what is needed to be a national champion unless i change my level of involvement i i can continue to get better at a at a pace but it's not going to be fast enough to be a national champion i i don't think um this episode is brought to you by hoist Hoist your IV level rehydrating electrolyte blend of sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. It's clinically proven to hydrate 110% faster than water. Chris Gelnet was on episode 63 and gave his own personal testimony. He had a bad experience with the heat at area 8 in 2021 when temps were near 100 and the humidity was high. He was ready to quit with three stages to go. He had mentally checked out. Afterward, he listened to episode 48 with Rachel Trotta, decided to try hoist, bought a case off Amazon, started using it at locals and found, hey, I'm not fatigued at the end of the day. So he took it to area five and at the end of the day, he was ready to shoot the match again. As a matter of fact, he even had a stage win on his last stage. Man, they have all the best flavors. They have watermelon, peach mango, dragon fruit, strawberry lemonade, grape, and I'm sure I'm missing a few. It's probably the only beverage that I've tried that I like all of the flavors. You can buy it either in a powder and mix it with water, 
or you can buy it pre-mixed, whichever way you prefer. But check it out, get hydrated, stay hydrated, use Casual Shooter and save 10% or be like Chris and have a recurring subscription and save 15%. And that's just being realistic. I still want to get better and I have I have goals. Um, and as far as Ipsit goes, I, you know, I don't know. I, I really would love to travel outside the U.S. and shoot matches in other countries. Most yeah. Mostly at the cost of doing that would be holding me back. They're having a world shoot this year. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to have it for another three years. How old are you? 32. Okay. Well, you're older than I thought. I thought you were younger than that. Yeah. I most mean, people think I'm younger. Yeah. So 35, you could still be shooting worlds at 38. I mean, I don't think oh, you're, gonna, you're not going to slow down enough to make any difference at all. And in six years, you could still be a high level GM, dude. Definitely. Yep. So you could, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility for sure. No. Nope. So I want you to walk me through stilt training. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? Definitely. So you got your, your turn and draw on stilts. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Yes. How tall are those things? Those are, so I'm, I'm not sure how tall the stilts are, but I can, I can reach 13 foot ceilings. So Damn, they're probably man. at least, they're Six probably feet? at least. Yeah, they're, the feet, I think the feet are at six feet. So, wow. yeah, or maybe a little bit more. You move pretty good in them because you're flexing to the side <laughs> there. I don't I don't know how you didn't eat it, but. So it's impressive. one of those things where they have, stilts have been a part of my life. Uh, I do drywall, finish, hang and finish drywall for a living. So stilts have been a part of my life since I was a kid. So it doesn't okay. feel unnatural for me to be on stilts at all. <laughs> oh, my God. I would be in a neck brace. Yeah. A full body cast. You kind of have to learn how to walk again. In the beginning, it feels like you don't know how to walk. But yeah, I, I, hey, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I think about, like, I think about even, even when I'm walking around the house or in the store, like sometimes I think about a drop step or, or a side step or honestly, like movements in USPSA, like it's, it's on my brain. I can't get out of it. So like on stilts. Or even, or even when I'm on the ground moving, like, um, you know, coating the low flats on a house, like I'm thinking to myself, uh, efficient movement or steps or, or <laughs> crazy stuff like that. So have you ever scared anybody in a grocery store coming around the end of an aisle and you do a quick lean? <laughs> I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Okay. <laughs> you can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, I, I definitely have done the um, like caught myself even even while driving with my knee or something like um, doing this like as I'm driving down the road just a like a dry fire grip it's road rage like, or just practice like vision like from sign to sign you know looking at a spot on the target like it's just I yeah can't get away oh, from that's it hilarious <laughs> that yep. is hysterical. Yeah, right, so like I, I know people have seen me, but you know who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, who cares? They don't. Know who, who knows what they think? They'll never see you again. Some some crazy man doing something driving down the road. And I had written down a question earlier when we were talking, and I forgot to go back and ask you. So I'm going to ask it real quick. It'll be my last question, and that is, um, you mentioned about finding specific spots on targets. Yes, I, I asked. I've asked this on a few people now, and. Have you ever done any training to subconsciously train yourself to look at certain spots on target so it's ingrained and you don't have to think about it at match? I, I haven't, but I, and I think maybe it's because you, I guess I could do that on an, on an open target at a certain yardage, but, but my spots that I'm looking at change for the stage I'm shooting. So if I have a, a 30 yard open target or a 35 yard open target. Um, I'm actually aiming a little bit low in lower than the center of the A zone. I'm aiming on, I have like the lower side of the A zone. And if I, if a target has, um, you know, a no shoot covering part of it at a different height, you know, those heights vary. So my, my spot that I'm looking at changes depending on who designs the stage and what cover targets they put in or where they, or where they put like, um, the black, you know, how they black out a target for hardcover stuff like that. Just right. It, it changes. So I know I don't, I don't think I have, I think when I approach a stage, I, 
in a perfect world once again because i obviously like i don't i mess up i don't do this every time but i try to pick when when i'm when i'm shooting and executing this is supposed to happen but when i'm dry when i'm not dry firing when i'm looking at a stage beforehand and deciding how i want to shoot it i'm looking at a spot that i want to hit and i'm like that's going to be my spot when i see that target so i know i haven't done um for like training pre-programming myself at a certain spot because it it changes depending on the stage okay but that's a that's a very good point i i don't i don't think i've thought too much about it honestly aside from where i know i'm supposed to look i have done some training where i'll put um like a black dot on a cardboard target with different types of cover mm. so i get so i i try to practice with all those different like you know just a partial maybe a head or maybe the yeah. bottom of the A box up, I'll put a dot where I want to look at. So mm. I kind of start training myself, but I shot the Del Marva open this year and I, you know, they were using Ipsic targets and they were turning them different directions. Yeah. And on, on one of them, I had to walk up to the target to figure out where I was going to aim because I was like, uh, I'm not, I've shot these targets, but not at this angle. For and sure. I'm not that familiar with the target enough because I'm so used to the USPSA targets. Yeah. I had to walk up and go, okay, I need to aim there. So I could program mm. it in my walkthrough so I knew where to aim. And definitely. Do you ever use ballistic apps? I was no, for I don't. Pistol. So, so because when, I'm real quick. So when you were talking about like, um, pre-programming spots, look at a target in training. Mm -hmm. um, you were talking about like where you are training yourself to look at so that when you get to a match and you see a target, you already kind of know what your eyes are going to do for that target. Yeah. Like it's already ingrained for like a, a tuxedo target. Yeah. I know where I'm going to aim for a, so for like, a half slash target. You, I know yeah. where I'm going to aim. So like how, how do you treat different distances? I don't. That's why I was getting into the ballistic app. Okay. Because, because of my background, I am all about ballistics. So I chronoed my ammo and I know what the gun shoots relative velocity. And I, I measured that out, dude, I drew on a dry erase board at work. I drew every target at all the different distances. I wrote all the numbers up, wow. I figured everything out. And at 50 yards with my 15 yard zero, it will be six tenths of an inch low at 50 yards. I'm like, it's a half inch. Mm. Who cares? Aim center. Boom. Right. Done. Yeah. So up to 50 yards, I do not care. I aim at my spot and I let it rip. Yeah, that's very, that's very interesting. I, I have not ever done any specific training as far as in practice pre-programming where I'm supposed to, like where I'm going to look at that target at a match because when i when i get to a match like i i treat it as like okay that target is this distance away or this target has this type of cover or no shoot on it and i know where i need to look to shoot it at that right. distance so i just during that stage that's what i'm thinking like where do i need to aim to hit that target where i want to hit it and that's that's all i think about it i haven't never done um anything outside of that so that's, I've never even actually thought about doing that. So that's a good well, point. And I'll know. be honest with you, where I came across the idea was on accident because I, I have the go fast, don't suck, peel and stick targets. Yeah. And I have the white steel poppers and I put it on my white wall in my garage. And I'm like, man, I can barely see that. <laughs> so yeah. I took a yellow highlighter and I put a yellow dot square in the middle of the calibration zone mm. so I could at least see the dot. And then I noticed now that at least that's where I'm looking on the targets. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I think I know what I'm going to do. So I started on all the other targets. I would put a dot where mm. I want my eyes to go. And now I've learned that it's just kind of ingraining that in there. So it doesn't matter the target. If I've practiced it in training, it's like my eyes just go there. Yeah. Now there's there are still going to be some targets that I'm like, oh, like that one at Del Mar. Right. You're like, just talking uh, about. Yeah. Yeah. Where do I need to aim? But for the most part, I don't, it's not a thought in my head 
I can yeah. concentrate on other things because I know where my eyes will at least lead me. Doesn't mean the shot's going to get there, but right. at least I know my eyes are going to go there. Yeah, I I guess so. Like I I've in um in live fire and dry fire before I've put like a black paster or something at the spot to like you know help my eyes focus on that spot. Right. Um. But then, but then the the problem is, is that when I go to to shoot a target without a black spot on it, my eyes are wondering what, hey, what am I looking for here? Where's the black spot? Where's that black spot at? <laughs> and so I I think maybe at least for me, um, mix like mixing it up and dry fire, and having maybe one or two targets with um, a spot on it, and having maybe most of them without. I don't know. Um, See how it works. I do have some of those targets like that. I have, I have some with a. It's not really a paster, but it's like a black mark. That's like um, a miniature, miniature A zone inside of the A zone, oh, centered okay. correctly. And so, like that's where I'll train myself to look at. Um, well, I mean, that might be even better because you know anywhere within there is more than acceptable. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I know that um, a huge a huge gain that I have to work on is, is transitions. And a couple things go into that, you know, like having a good transition for, for like how you're standing and balanced, but then also looking to the right spot, right? Like how fast can you look to the right spot? And then also like leaving the target when your gun's going off. And so there's a lot that goes into transitions, obviously, but yes. transitions, I have a huge, um, a huge, a huge gain there to be had for transition. Oh, so, really? Okay. I know that. I know that's something that I'm going to be working on. So it'll be a big focus for you going into next year. Definitely. Yeah. I think transitions and like, and how I, so like my aggression on approaching a stage, like we were talking about a little bit earlier. Sometimes I think I'm, I was aggressive at a certain point, but when you watch the video, like I was not aggressive. Mm. like what was happening was not that. So I, I realized that in my dry fire, I was, I was lacking on, on making that subconscious. Whereas I'm not like my, my natural subconscious movement. If I have to move to a place is aggressive. Like if there's no shooting to do, then I'm moving. And, and I need to do that in dry fire, even overly aggressive, maybe to, to program that inside my brain. Like when I'm moving, I need to move and then how I'm setting up because I don't want to just come in like standing straight up. You know, I want to come in low and hard and have a, have my legs underneath me at a, at a good stance. Like that's a little bit wider than probably I normally am. I, I did yeah, the, um, I did the mental management with Steve Anderson and we were, we were just having some small chat before one of the um, episodes this is like a three, two hour segment. I think we did four hours one day and two, or we may have done all, you know, three different two hour segments, but okay. I, I was telling him that I, sometimes I have to do stuff stupid fast in order for me to ingrain, because like you, I found out early on that I was not moving with a purpose in my transitions. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think I'm just following my dot. So Definitely. Yeah. I, I went into my bedroom and I put a target on three walls and I literally just basically threw myself into each one, just being as fast as I could humanly move huh. just to try to make myself move with a purpose. And I think it's helped. Yeah. Um, so that, that did help me quite a bit. Um, but then I also, I have the aim cam glasses and Jason Bradley had posted a video that he got a pair and he's like, I don't think I'm going to keep them though. I don't like where the camera and he had been on the podcast. So I sent him a message. I'm like, Hey Jason, um, wear them in a match first and see what you think. Because to me, they don't interfere with your vision. They sit like right here on my right eye. Yeah, But as you saw in that video, you can see the dot in my SRO and yep. you can see where I'm aiming and where it's going. Now, if mm. I'm doing some weird, crazy position, you won't see right. it, but 80% of the time you can see the dot, but I showed him 
I took a snapshot of one of the videos I had taken because I was like, I still feel like I'm following the dot. So I was reviewing my uh, one of the Fredericksburg local matches here. I was reviewing my video and I noticed that there was a lean and then there was a target like right directly in front of me, maybe seven yards open target. And I took a picture, a screenshot for him where I'm looking straight at the target and my gun's right here. And I said, <laughs> I said, man, you can diagnose what you're doing while you're shooting. So if you have two cameras, one showing your movement and mm. one dedicated right on your gun, you can see what you're doing. I'm like, look, this confirmed that I'm doing stuff right. I just need mm. to get faster. Yeah, that's, so, that's very good. So yeah, it, it, transitions are, I think they're always a work in progress. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And, and a whole other thing for me is, is tension. So like when I'm, when I'm, when I'm forcing things, whether it's, whether it's transitions or, well, it's, it's mostly transitions. So like with my shoulders and my arms, um, when I'm, mm -hmm. when I'm really trying to force things, I, I, I tense up too much in my shoulders and I, I like, I start pushing shots or I can't, I'm not as accurate. Right. And actually my transitions are, are slower because I'm all my muscles are tense and they can't move as freely. And so finding the balance of like ag aggression and quick eyesight and then shooting as soon as the gun gets there, instead of forcing it with a lot of like muscling it over there really fast. And then having to, um, having to wait till it like stops wobbling around. That's like, that's like an exaggerated ex explanation, but you kind of get the right. picture. So like, you know, when I have close, fast shooting, that's, you know, you don't have too much to worry about. You can be, you can mash on the trigger and be as tense as you want. But when you're transitioning a lot to a lot of different targets, especially at distance, um, a lot of times my tendency is to be overly tense, especially in the shoulders. And I, and so like that causes, you know, me to be more inaccurate or, to actually increase the time of the transition instead of just shooting right when the gun gets on target. Um, so it's, there's so much to work on. There's so much there and so much for me to learn. So that's the fun part. <laughs> you know, it's funny because at this nationals, I noticed that like, I don't really get nervous at the start of the match. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's fun. But I found that the stress manifested in exactly the way you're talking. I was shooting my first two, maybe three stages, and I felt like an Alzheimer's patient. My gun was <laughs> shaking so hard. I'm like, why? Oh, I, yeah. I'm literally that first stage. I'm like, why is my gun shaking so hard? And then I realized <laughs> what I was, I was squeezing the gun so hard and everything was so tense. I couldn't stop the gun from shaking. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I it was, and I think when that happens to me, that that's coming from, for me anyway, that's coming from my shoulders. Like mm -hmm. when I'm when I'm locking my hands in really tight, my my shoulders don't feel like they're engaged too much, like too much more than they need to be. Um, but when I'm when I see the gun shaking around a lot more than it needs to be, nine times out of ten, it's because my my shoulders are way too like jacked up. It's just too, too tense. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot there. Well, that's, that's what I've got. Um, do you have anything you want to add or any plugs? Well, I am really enjoying shooting my shadow systems gun, obviously. Um, awesome. and my, my wife and my kids, they're awesome supporting me. And we, 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 uh, definitely have to figure out a deal. Um, uh, I don't always do the best at it, but <laughs> <laughs> but me being gone <laughs> shooting matches and doing things and, uh, you know, letting her do something too, but she's really good at supporting me. And uh, we've talked about this before. Like when I go to shoot a match, especially nationals, right. I'm gone for a while. It's a big match. I totally felt like she was pushing me down there. And that's huge because I didn't want to go feeling like I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. You know, right. like I, I shouldn't be here. And so, you know, with four kids at home, that's not an easy task for her. So no, that's not, that's a lot of shout work. out to her. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Mrs. Fisher. And so, so one, one more, I would say I early, when I talked about Shane, Shane's videos on Instagram, Shane Coley's, 
Um, the ones where I he messaged was not him. I, I messaged him on Instagram and I, I thought he'd never respond. I just shot him a message and said, hey, I want to shoot a USPSA <laughs> match. Um, what do I do and how do I do it? And he messaged me back and he's like, dude, just he's like, this is what you can't, this is what you need as far as gear. You could probably just go to a local match. And he's like, but if you want to sign up, like practice score, he, he told me how to do it. And that was, that was a, obviously an instrumental moment in getting me to my first match because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. Like there's a lot, wow. I was nervous. Yeah. Like I didn't know anyone, I wasn't going with anyone. So that was, I didn't that was find this. Yeah. I didn't find this game till I was 51 years old. Yeah. I had no idea awesome it game. existed. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like, I wish I'd have found it 20 years ago. Things might be different. <laughs> exactly. I might've been at yeah. a class by now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, this has been an awesome conversation, Joel. I appreciate yes. it. And we're going to have to do this again before another two years. Yes. I, I appreciate you uh, seeking me out and asking me. That means a lot. And um, yeah, I always enjoy talking about shooting and talking about all the things. So, all right. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you again and shooting with you again. Yes. Yes, definitely have to do it soon. Mm -hmm.